so hopefully. Okay. <laughs> but I like the uh, the uh, boar's head back there with the antlers. Oh yeah, that's that's the one that was in Dad's office. <laughs> really? I don't even I don't even remember that. Is it a real boar's head? It is a real boar's head. So <laughs> he got it um, years ago for uh, to use in church services um, because. Yeah, I don't know if you ever went to any of his really elaborate uh, Christmas services, but oh. he went all out. So he'd have like a kid riding a Yule log and like <laughs> a donkey going through the sanctuary. And that's how we ended up with a donkey uh, for a little while. Um, uh, he had like beef eaters carrying the boar's head, um, uh, magi, uh, like Dickensian carolers. It was always a big production. So what's with the boar's head? Like what that, because there's like, so, so there I, was a there's a there's an old carol uh, called the Boar's Head Carol. I've heard that I song. French, I, can't, um, uh, I, I I should be able to sing it, and I can't off the top of my head. But um, but anyway, but he they they sang that carol, and he had like four guys dressed like uh like British uh, palace guards uh, carrying it in, uh, and it had like ivy and an apple in its mouth and things like that while they sang the while they sing the the carol so um you know just just typical typical mark christmas stuff yeah yeah it seems like but i think there were a few things like usually he could get the church uh usually he could get the church to to you know um cover this thing or that thing but they're like we're not buying a boar's head we're not buying a donkey (laughs) things like that so so he's like fine i'll get them and so then he just you know he'd get them uh with his own money and use them in the thing and then keep them so hence the uh the boar's head did he put the antlers on it (laughs) no i put the antlers on it he had an elephant nose on it and um and a top hat uh okay at various points he he often gets dressed up so okay i see okay cool cool well, thanks for doing this, though, by the way. My pleasure. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Do you care? If I... No, that's fine. Okay. Um, so I have been, um, I finished up a uh, comic series around the end of the year um, uh, and then did uh, some some work for like a uh, toy line that ties in with a TV show. Uh, and so at the end of Christmas, um, or like right around Christmas, I was suddenly free of, uh, immediate publishing obligations, um, for the first time in like two years. And so I've been catching up on, um, a lot of, uh, sort of outstanding things, uh, that have been put on the back burner for a while. And I've been working on a new story that I'm going to be doing, uh, starting probably first week of, I mean, I've been working on it, but I'll, I'll be starting pages on it first week in February. Is it a new Krogan story or no, but it's, it's in a similar type of feel. So it's, it's not historical, it's fantasy, but it's still a swashbuckler. Um, there'll be lots of sword fighting and stuff like that, but it's, it's, um, I really like the, the trappings of medieval fantasy, like castles and swords and things like that. But, uh, I want the landscape to be, familiar to me so there's going to be a whole lot of like eastern tennessee western north carolina in there nice. a lot of kentucky That's in there. Fun. so um yeah. so i've been up at the property doing sketches from time to time oh, cool cool. Uh, That's so cool. You'll, you'll probably recognize a lot of formations in it and be like oh that's yeah. over there that's over there <laughs> that's fun yeah yeah we were gonna go up this weekend actually but then i think it was supposed to snow and so we didn't know if we get yeah, stuck it's supposed there, to be so. miserably cold i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna go up this upcoming week and clear try to clear some of the trails um okay 
Uh, and then uh, I think Allie and her kids are coming up on Friday. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, and if so. If you want I'll, help, I'll meet you up there. Let me know. Well, thanks, man. I'll 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 give you a holler. I'm probably just gonna solo it this time, just because okay. I'm, I'm gonna try and get some writing done. I figured oh, it would okay. be a good chance to get there and just focus all my attention on it. Not that I don't yeah. love your company, and okay. usually I would yeah, take I you see, up on I it. I see but, how it is. But I'm, no, I'm <laughs> no, I know exactly how that is. Where you just you can't you can't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it. You have to give your time to something and. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. I'm really close to the end of outlining. So the the way that I I usually do a comic is I will um do a a pretty tight outline of what's going to be in the story. Um, and I may deviate from that outline a little bit, but it gives me sort of the foundational stuff, and that's where I solve all the problems and make sure everything's going to make sense. And then I make everything else up on the page. So all the dialogue, all the interactions, how the scenes play out. I just know what the scenes are going to be and then how they happen. Uh, I figure out while I'm drawing. Um, oh, so wow. I want it. So I'm very close to getting that outline done, or at least I'm, I think I'm pretty close. So yeah. I feel like going and kind of forcing myself to finish it and not leave until it's done. Can you give any previews or no? Is it yeah, still absolutely. in the cooker? Okay. It's, so the, the, so the, the stories um, or the series is called outlaws apprentice and it's about, um, uh, a former mercenary and uh, she, when her dad dies, she takes over his like stained glass shop and she's got a, uh, a teenager who's her apprentice in it. Um, but he gets into trouble. She gets into trouble. Uh, they get outlawed. She, he, he rescues her uh, and they figure that their best bet is to go on a cross country trip to find somebody who they think can pardon them. Um, who wow. owes the former mercenary a favor. So it, basically each story in it is them uh, finding themselves somewhere along the way of this trip uh, in some kind of situation where either people need help or they're hired to do something or something like that. So that's cool. It kind of follows like old TV Western structures, like uh, yeah. have gun will travel or wanted dead or alive or something or like, or the Bill Bixby incredible Hulk show where, you know, stranger comes to town. There's a problem. Stranger yeah. solves problem. Um, that sounds or good. Notice or leverage or any of that kind of thing. Like I, I really like that kind of like uh, help for hire type of story. Um, okay. and I feel like it'll give me a good chance to do some uh, good uh, sword fighty bits um, yeah. and problem solving and character stuff. And uh, there's going to be a goat in it. Um, which I'm excited about because I love goats. And so Liz has a friend who raises goats. So she's going to see if I can't go by the farm um, and do some goat sketches uh, okay. for a little bit. You know, I you, you're going to say you're going to borrow it for a while. <laughs> no, I wish, but you, 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 you know, the old, like the, the, uh, you remember when they used to show like the making of this Disney movie or that Disney movie. And it would show like, you know, them, them drawing a lion that they brought into the studio. It's like that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Like nice. I'll, I'll sketch it from a bunch of angles and see how it moves and get comfortable drawing it to the point that when I get home and need to draw a goat, I can make a convincing goat. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That, that's nice. So what is it? Can you share what the, what role the goat plays? Yeah. Or, yeah. Is it well, a main I character? Th- I mean, part of it is, is I was thinking about how much junk you'd have to carry around if you were a medieval adventurer and it's a yeah. lot and like in movies and stuff, you know, they're, they're, it's just like a guy in armor on a horse, like riding through the woods, yeah. but like, you got to take that armor off. Like you got to carry your food. Do you have a bedroll? Things like that. 
And I was like, well, I don't want them to have like a bunch of stuff. I don't want to have to draw horses a bunch. Like I'll draw horses occasionally, but horses are a pain. Um, yeah. And so if I can skip them, uh, yeah, I want to. And so I thought, well, <laughs> what about like a little pack goat? Like it's just a That'd goat. It's got a, like a thing on its back that you could just load all your junk on. Yeah. And it follows you around. Um, and so it was born of logistics. And then I thought it could be really fun if the goat <laughs> absolutely hates the kid and the kid really wants the goat to like it. Like, I feel like I can do some fun stuff with that because usually yeah. you get like bonding of the animal and the kid and things like, and I think it would be really, cause I, I've, we've got a cat that kind of hates us. And <laughs> they all do. It, it, <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I, I feel like there, there's good opportunities for like character growth, but especially for like humorous situations there. Um, yeah. Uh, if the goat sort of causes as much trouble as it, alleviates um <laughs> that sounds great so, yeah uh but i think his name's going to be lil gimlet <laughs> i like that nice. like lil l-i-l apostrophe because yeah i like i like naming anything lil our cat our one of our cats is little man um <laughs> uh which we just started calling him that we were going to give him a real name but then that one stuck so yeah so are you with that story have you do you have the whole structure, like the beginning and the end, or is it just kind of open-ended and you're just going to have them keep right going? Now I, I have a very, very loose uh, structure for the story. So the, the way that I'm, I'm planning on doing it is I have, I don't really have a clear idea for the overall series. Like I have, um, I know things that can happen in, in, you know, the, the world of this series. I know, the, the type of things that they're going to come up against. But I feel like I, I don't really want to try and peg that stuff down until yeah. I get a chance to know the characters a little bit better and to know the world a little bit better, because that's going to suggest where it needs to go uh, yeah. for me. So it's a um, series then that, that yeah, it's going to be a series. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. and, and I'm doing the way I'm doing it, it after, after I did Krogan's, like when I started doing the creeps, I was like, I'm going to do shorter books and I'm going to really pack them in. And so like on the creeps pages and things like that, sometimes they're, you know, like 12, 15 panels on a page, even though this is a tiny book and that's just dumb. Cause it takes you, it takes the same amount of time to draw that many panel. Like if I have a three panel page or yeah. a tw if I have four, four, three panel pages or one 12 panel page, those four, three panel pages are going to take me the same amount of time to draw. Like, yeah by and large like just and so i so i'm gonna want to work smaller and fewer panels and just let the book get as thick as it wants yeah. to be but i'm treating them like short stories so even though it'll yeah. probably be a 200 page book it'll feel like an episode of tv like as opposed to that's cool that's a lot of fun yeah i feel like that did you say it was in kind of like in fairyland or something sort of or um, no, I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy in the sense that it's not referencing anything in the real world. And I've made up yeah. the country that it's in. Oh, okay. But um, it's kind of medieval but, setting and yeah, uh, kind of, it's like, it's like medieval mixed with Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> That's fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I want fringe <laughs> and I want alligators. Like how come the night never fighting alligators? Like I want them to. So yeah, you know, <laughs> anyway, so I'm great. just throwing a whole bunch of stuff together and hopefully it'll be fun and exciting. Yeah. But how <laughs> about you? What have you been up to? Um, nothing really, just working. And then uh, um, last year I was actually trying to write um, and it's, I figured out how difficult it is. Like, I know what you're talking about, like having to get familiar with the characters and actually mm -hmm. like figure out who they are. And then you'd, I'd write something down and I'd be like, oh, it's this character doing it. And then I'd read it later. And I'm like, 
that's not that character. It's this other one yeah. over here. So yeah, it's, it was kind of odd, but then this year, since this year started, I haven't been mostly just working. And then I was trying, I thought I'd try to be a little more active and doing podcasts or whatever. Cause I, I think I did like five maybe last year is all. Mm-hmm. And so I was, yeah. So I've just been kind of reaching out to people here and there and just, just whatever, just talk about whatever interests people. If people want to share their story, I don't know, just, just for fun. So, and that's, so, I mean, this year hasn't been going on very long, so I haven't, I don't know. Well, that's good. Well, look, you're already, you're already hitting the ground running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's, I, I'm, 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 I've never started a year not behind before, and that's been really exciting. That's good. Or at least yeah. I, I, not in the, in, in recent memory. Um Yeah. And so, um, so, so a lot of the stuff I, I mentioned, like catching up on stuff, do you know what, do you know what Patreon is? Yeah. Yeah. So I do, um, uh, a Patreon, but I haven't charged any of my patrons in the last year. Cause I fell behind on doing things and I felt bad about charging until I could do any more. Yeah. Um, so, but, but the, the way that, um, I do that. And for people listening to the the podcast, um, the, what, what Patreon is, it's kind of like, um, like NPR, like people, uh, donate a certain amount to somebody that's producing something that they like in the hopes that it will continue to be produced. Um, and so in my case, that's like drawing. And then I do like historical essays and make little paper figures and things like that and put them up. Um, and, so one, and, and they're different, like le- just again, like using NPR as the example, you know, like you do X amount to NPR and you get like a tote bag. Um, for mine, there's a, there's a level where you can pay X amount. And then once a month that you're charged for, uh, you get to commission a drawing. So you get to okay. say, well, I would like a drawing of this person or that person. And I will do that drawing. Um, and I got, really behind with my publishing obligations. And so I started doing those and didn't have time to do the, the Patreon things. And I amassed about 250 pieces that I had to do. Um, And so that's when I was like, I'm just, I'm just cutting it for now. And I'll let people know, you know, if you've been charged, then you'll get it. But um, I've gotten about, uh, I've gotten a quarter done. I may, I'm, I think I'm on track to get a third done. My hope is that I can get them all done by the end of March. And so I'm spending a little bit of time each day working on those sometimes a lot of time, but usually about two or three hours. And then the rest of the time I'm working on something else, either a comic for scholastic, which is like a regular gig that I do or um, working on outlaws apprentice or other things that, you know, grab my attention. So, um, and my hope is eventually to get it to where I can do that for like one hour a day or two hours a day. Once I get back to charging and stay on top of things um, and not fall behind again like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think I've seen some of your, your commissions and stuff. You'll post them and everything. So yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're fun good. to do. And, and I like it because they give me the chance to do um, to draw subject matter. Well, there's two different things. So I have two different commission tiers. There's one that is, uh, the sort of like what I said, like you can c- commission anything. And that's interesting because sometimes it's uh, a lot of my patrons tend to have found me because we have shared interests. Like I'll post a bunch of drawings of this thing or that thing. And 
the that particular patron also likes that thing or that thing. So That's nice. um, the chances of me drawing something that I already know and like are reasonably good. Um, but that, but then there's also the chance that I'll be doing stuff that I don't know that I've never heard of. And so um, sometimes it'll be like a show or a movie that I haven't seen or uh, a video game that I haven't played, which is almost every video game. Um <laughs> Uh, cause I, uh, I didn't have a system when I was a kid and I have one now, but it's, uh, and I've, I've gotten probably like eight games for it and I've sort of played two of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the same I, thing. I, it's I'm like excited. time. Yeah. I get excited about a game and then I go get it and then I'm like, oh, now I got to invest all this time into it. And yeah. Even well, if I, I know the story. I don't actually even do the play things. Like I got the Assassin's Creed games and they have this discovery mode so that you can like wander around ancient Egypt or, yeah, you told uh, me about that. Yeah. you know, medieval England or something. And that's all I do is I just wander around ancient Egypt, which like, is I actually, don't actually play the game. I just look at the pyramids. Yeah. And that's probably good for actually like, you should write that off on like taxes. That's good for your research, oh, I do. right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the, that's one good. of the, one of the <laughs> best things about um, what I do is that so much of what I would be doing if this weren't my job now <laughs> is actually a legitimate expense. Like it's research, it's inspiration, it's uh reference, yeah. it's whatever else it might be. So like almost all the books that I get almost, you know, uh, my streaming services, because I'm writing narrative, like any, any movies that I'm watching are informing my, my views on that, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's nice. So, so yeah. tax wise, it's great. I <laughs> yeah, love yeah. it. Um, yeah, that's great. And Liz is a real stickler. Um, so, so podcast people, Liz is my wife. Um, <laughs> uh, but Liz, Liz is a, a real stickler for doing it right. And so I'm like, so Liz, these characters are eating this. And I went and ate this on this day <laughs> as referenced. And she's like, nope, does <laughs> not funny. count. And, I'll, and I'm like, no. And so, um, so she's, she, she's really careful about not ever overstepping. And I, I want to write off everything. And so we find a balance yeah. of uh, legitimate expenses versus <laughs> um, it, it could in theory be a stretch. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, because I remember you telling me about those games and it sounded fun. I I never did actually crack them open though, but yeah, I don't know. Well, they're pretty. If you ever uh, find your way up here, uh, you can you can take a crack at them. Okay. Um. But uh. Oh, but but anyway. So so going back to the commissions, like there's a uh, th there's frequently things that I don't know uh, that I'll get to draw, and then there's also another thing that I started, which is a category commission which is um, I have a list of probably like 15 categories of things that I like to draw and people pay less money and they say, draw me something from the Trojan war and I get to draw whatever that's I want, fun. as long as it fits into that category. Um, oh, and that's so that's fun. great because it gives me a chance to draw something that I'm excited to draw. And then also uh, those oftentimes become part of other projects. And so they might become toys or Christmas ornaments or something. That's cool. That sounds like a so lot of the fun. person gets the original art and then I, yeah. I will do something with, you know, my scan of that art. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think I remember, I really liked the, um, gosh, what was it? You had one of, a. I think it was Socrates or something when you did your, your writers one. I like that one a lot too. Oh yeah. I remember Homer. that one. He, yeah. He's oh, it was a Homer. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was good. That was good. Thanks yeah. man. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like yeah. all of them, but the, yeah, I remember you had the art, of, like the writer's collection, because you were doing a couple of them when you were doing the cutouts mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and one of the things that I really, I, I thought about it today, like it wasn't something that I had really thought about it all that much about, but um, I'm thinking about uh, uh, self-publishing the Outlaws Apprentice books because I am always somewhat frustrated with the... Uh, the lack of control over design aspects of a book. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, this will give me a chance. But one of the things that I, I realize is that I'm really bad about promoting a thing once it's done and out. And that's really important if you're self-publishing, like you've got to continually sell that book past the day yeah. that it comes out. And I'm a big fan of like doing something until the day it comes out yeah. and be like, everybody, here it is. And then <laughs> yeah. I never talk about it again. Um, yeah. Well, you I'm can always come, something else. Well, we can always do this again. I have like, I think yeah. maybe 10 listeners. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about, because you mentioned those author figures, like I was going to keep doing those and like do a whole bunch of author figures. And I did a, a batch of like 30 of them. Yeah. And I haven't done any since then, even yeah. though I think there's a demand for it and an audience for it with the, yeah. the Sherlock Holmes set that I did. You know, I oh, did yeah, I remember that. That a big good. Sherlock Holmes set and I was going to keep adding a new figure every, you know, quarter or something. And I haven't done any because I did it and it's done and I want to <laughs> yeah. do something else. And I, that's not the, the, from a, from a business standpoint, that's a really lousy, uh, yeah, modus operandi. Like I need, need to get, better about actually continuing to do things that people want a continuation of yeah and continuing to sell them like once i went you know once i did those sherlock holmes things i never tried to sell them again like people who didn't know about (laughs) it at the time will never have heard about them because i've never uh mentioned it on any social media things or in person or brought them to shows or whatever else because it's done i'm doing something else you're mentioning it now so there you go yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i know what you mean though it's kind of like it's almost like you, you finish the project and then it just feels complete. And it's like the book closes and then it's, I don't know, onto yeah. something else. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine if, yeah. if other people are responsible for selling that thing. But when you're producing and making your own things, like yeah. you don't ever have, I think a lot of artists rely pretty heavily on, um, I guess what you'd call passive income, things that you've already done that continue to make money for you. Yeah. And I've got virtually no passive income because- huh. I never do anything that continues to sell. I sell stuff myself and then I stop selling it and I start selling something new. Um, yeah. And that's, oh. that's real bad. <laughs> really yeah. bad business. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. I mean, I'm the same way though. I, I understand that. Like that book I sent you, uh, which I did on Amazon. So, that, I mean, if you like that, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, like, I don't think it probably, other than a few people know about it. Cause I just, I uploaded it and then I was like, yeah, it's, um, it's on there. There we go. Yeah. And I, I don't even talk about it or anything, but I, I didn't mind the quality though. If you, I don't know. No, I think it looks good. And I've been looking at that as actually, that's one of the things that makes uh, self-publishing kind of viable is at least on the, on the book thing. Like if I do like a, a bigger comic that I'm doing a lot of copies of, I may look at something else but I think I'm probably going to do an art book like this. And a big reason I haven't is that the minimum order to make it worthwhile to do is so high historically that it's just like, I, I don't have the space to store any more art books. Like, yeah. um, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I yeah. can, I feel like I can sell probably 
500 in a year um okay initially and then that's nice. that's it and then maybe a few after that each year you know at conventions and stuff yeah. but if i but if i order 500 like the price difference between 500 and a thousand is almost nothing so i might as well order a thousand and then i have 500 uh, extra books yeah. sitting in my yeah. basement that i that take forever to move so it's like so it's tricky mm. so the the amazon model of not having a minimum order of it just being printed yeah. as people order it um is really appealing as is the being able to buy author copies at print costs so mm. um i i did some test things like i made a little test booklet to see like how things would look and i was really happy with it so yeah i was too on... the colors like came out a lot better than i was expecting for, yeah they yeah. look they look really nice i'm really happy with them um and the other big thing that I really like about it is that um, I've got a lot of overseas readers for whom shipping is really prohibitive, like if they wanted to get stuff. Um, and so like if I have to send a book to like England or something, you know, it's, hey, if I, if I send a poster or a print, it's like 13 bucks. If I send a book, it's like 20 and more. Um and then there are yeah. some countries where it's like substantially more. And so um, them being able to go to amazon.co.uk and ordering it and it coming for the same price as they'd get it here. I think I'm going to be able to yeah. sell a lot of copies uh, overseas as well, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Sounds like the way Again, to go. I'll, I'll sell it that first week. I'll be like, Hey, here's a book. <laughs> and then I won't ever say anything about it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's one I do want to like kind of maybe talk about some of that stuff you sent me, the ideas you had. But mm -hmm. I did want to bring up one book though that I read uh I think it was this past summer of yours. And I don't know when you did it, but it was you did it with your dad. It was the the one about the potato, right? The potato. Oh, guy. the Giovanni G potato. Giovanni. Yeah, love? that was great. And You're one of three of people who has read that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good book. So <laughs> we should keep that one Thanks. going too. That was one um we, I did that in college with him. Um, I, I hadn't, I, like, I, I think I drew the cover for it and it just said like Giovanni potato and the pizzas of love. And he's like, what are you doing with that? And I said, nothing. And he's like, yes, you are. I'm going to write a, a, an obnoxiously long poem and you're going to illustrate it. And I said, okay. Um, <laughs> it was good. And so he wrote it. Thanks. Um, and then in like my first grad school class, they were like, you got to pick a project. And I was like, uh, I guess I'll illustrate this thing that my dad wrote. And they said, okay. And I got about halfway through it. And I was like, oh, I really hate working on this project. I want to do something else. <laughs> and the teacher who was only there one semester and he got let go because he was never in class and was just sort of uh, all over. But the, the one really good thing that he did was not let me quit that project. He's like, no, you have to finish it. And I said, oh, fine. And I finished it and I, uh, it was finished and I was, was really good. happy with it. Yeah. I like the ending. It was great. Um, thank <laughs> you very much. So it was, that one was, was fun to do, but that was my, that I don't really count it because I didn't, I didn't write it. And also because it was, we, we argued over format. Like I did it one way. And then dad, dad was like, I don't like that way. And he went and published it another way. And I was like, what are you what? doing? <laughs> so, so we had like two competing versions of the book. Like he had the, the, the black and white one that was kind of big. And I had, um, where is it? I've got them around here somewhere. Oh. And I did it like really tiny. So these are like oh, um, okay. business I... card size. <laughs> what? And it's four slip case um 
things that I put together by hand with glue. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and we had to cut them on a paper cutter, like not even a thing, like a, like a chunk, chunk, chunk. Um, so each page made <laughs> 13 big. front and back pages and it's really tiny. And each one of these probably took about 10 hours to put together. And I charged $12 <laughs> for them. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was, uh, not, not, I, I, I have a, uh, a habit of, um, doing this kind of thing, uh, like, like really underestimating how long something is going to take and undercharging, yeah, uh, for it. So it's, it's a miracle that we have a house, but we do. We're, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. lucky. Like, basically, this, this podcast is me just griping about how bad I am at no, making no. decisions as a, no, as I like a you know, quote unquote working artist. Yeah, I have a lot. Of, I don't know. I keep thinking of a lot of questions, but I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what to ask. So, like, I mean, I, ah, hit, I, hit me with whatever. I'm you, I, book, one man. I wanted to ask, um, like, I wanted, to, I really wanted to get to the stuff you sent too. That's why I'm like, I'm debating on what to ask. But did you, do you have your characters yet for the Outlaws Apprentice? Like, I have do. You drawn yeah. Them? So I've got my my main two. Um, I've had figured out for a little while, and I'm still kind of. Um, I, I know what they look like. But yeah. I'm not entirely 100% on uh, what their personalities are like. Okay. And I think one of the one of the things that I'm wanting to do with the um, with the mercenary character is uh, part of fantasy and part of pulp and escapism for me is that when I was a kid, when I was a teen, even when I was a young adult. Um, I was a big fan of just acting without thinking. Um, you know, I, I got into, I, I, I never really got into fights over me being mad, but I got into fights over principle a lot. Um, like actual, like physical fights. Yeah. And, uh, and I never like felt any regret over that or anything like that. And I think that the, when that changed for me is, um, I had a, a, a friend who was assaulted and I was going to go and um, mess up the fellow who did it. Uh, and I drove like an hour to his house. Like I got his address and I was going to go and, and rough him up. I was probably 20, 21 maybe. Um, and uh, when I got there, uh, he was walking uh, like a, a toddler around the yard. And I started like wrestling with, well, what happens if I rough this guy up and he's this baby's sole source of, uh, you know, I don't know, financial yeah. support or X, Y. Anyway, there were all these different things and I, I ended up not doing anything and going home. That was probably the last time I ever went to somebody's house to beat them up. Um, <laughs> the last time, how many times did uh, you do that? This is a common thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it, but yeah. it, it's, but it's one of those things where like, as you're an adult, you know, you, you weigh these different um, things. And I still, you know, like did I, I think I probably should have beaten them up, but I, I did, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't know. And I, you know, ever since then I've wrestled over questions of the appropriateness of violence and which situations and how, yeah, you know, uh, your responsibility to people who can't take care of themselves or who can't defend themselves. If you're in a position where you can defend them, like, can you yeah. do that? Or, and, and as an adult, it, there's so many variables that come into play with this. 
and it's it's really hard. And so my thought is, I want this character to not ever think about that. Like, I want her to always just be like, nope, I'm going to get in the fight for yeah. this. And then if he's That's like, wait, funny. no, I'm going to get in the fight for that. Like, there's never, there's never any wishy-washiness over it. And I think that the other character, the kid character, can be nothing but concern over context and i think that that'll create a nice juxtaposition that'll also give me a chance to wrestle with things that i wrestle with a lot um yeah. but also to have this sort of escapist character who's just gonna you know like if she sees injustice she's just gonna go hit somebody on top of the head um yeah. and that's not something that i'm going to do yeah but like i think that there but i think that's one of the things that a lot of people really like about like pulp stories and action stories and detective stories is that it's less that there's and and those particular types of characters you know whether it be indiana jones or james bond or john wick or whoever um i think it's less that they do these exciting things and more that there's no hesitation in the doing of them that makes people respond to them and i think there could be something fun with that but i yeah i'm not 100 on her personality i'm not 100 on the kid's personality but that's sort of the the core um conflict that they'll have yeah uh, but i think that I, I i like the idea that they're they're gonna like that that's a conflict but that they're going to work they're still going to be friends and have a lot of good like ways that they help each other and benefit each other and that they benefit from each other's company. Yeah. Um, That's but great. I have a lot of supporting characters and the supporting characters, I think I have figured out pretty well. That's cool. It kind of um, reminds me a little bit mains. of a, uh, I don't know why it kind of made me think of a little bit of um, Spock and captain Kirk or something. Yeah. And I think they, they did that with that. Like I, uh, I, I've watched almost no original Star Trek, but I'm, I'm I, familiar I enough either. with it yeah. through cultural osmosis. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the creator, uh, Gene Roddenberry, he did, he, he wanted the three main characters, uh, doc, uh, or, uh, bones McCoy or, uh, yeah, Bones, Spock, and Kirk to be basically like manifestations of the id, the ego, and the superego. Yeah. Um, and that that would just by its nature create these intergroup conflicts that would be really neat. Uh, and he was right, and they absolutely do. But I think I think that's sometimes where the richness of character can come through is when the creator of a particular story or particular characters is finds things within themselves that are in conflict and mm -hmm. finds a way to manifest themselves in that. Because I think that, you know, we, we all wrestle with that stuff. And the thing is some people are going to identify with the kid and because neither one is going to be necessarily wrong. They're yeah. just going to approach things differently. And so a yeah. master and commander is another good example of that kind of thing where you have these That's two different one. characters who approach things very differently and they can still be friends and they can still work together for something. But yeah, there's, but there's, there's drama just in the fact that they see the world differently. And I think there, there's richness for that. Ah, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. That, I like that idea a lot too. There's, I, I, I kind of know it's a lot better as I say it now, than it's going to be an execution. Like in, in, when yeah. I do it, it'll, you know, be okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't. I don't know. It's kind of hard, though, because when you're actually like doing it and executing it and trying to write it down, I feel like it's it's if you're being too particular or almost if you're thinking about it too much, you kind of ruin the story. Like you just kind of have to yeah. let it go and 
and see what happens. And then maybe, maybe go back and tweak it later. You know, if it, if there's, I mean, you're obviously going to tweak some stuff later, but yeah, there's a, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's well, one, there's the, one. And the, the, the tweaking is, is kind of tricky because like with, um, with with writing you know whether people are writing novels or plays or movies or things like that like the the biggest thing that you hear over and over is that writing is rewriting like you know you write something mm-hmm. and you go back and you revise it and you revise it and you find things in it and the tricky part with comics and this is why i do as much of that revising and reworking as i can in the outline is that you can't really go in and like add a panel or remove a panel or something like that without changing the whole page. And yeah. if you change the whole page, then all of a sudden the page turn, like you, you want your sort of cliffhanger to be in the bottom right corner of your yeah. right page. Like uh-huh. that has to change. So like, if you change a panel, you might have to remove a whole page or add a whole two pages or something like that in order to account for it. And so it can be really, and then you you worry about the page flow because you're not just like drawing a panel and then adding another panel and then adding another panel. Like the whole page sort of works organically and all those panels interconnect in a way that influence each other. And so changing any one of them changes all of them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't for everybody, but I feel like if you're doing it right, it does it. And I've, I've mm. editors that like, it, it's really frustrating. They're like, can you change this? And I was like, sure. And I change, I turn in like three new pages and they're like, what, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, well, you can't just do that. One thing. You're do all of it. Um, but also I'm insane. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, insane. like you have to, uh, not everybody makes as bad decisions. Like I, I, I have a real problem with, um, prioritizing things like for me everything is important and so like being like okay well i can let this one thing go and concentrate on this is very hard for me like i have to concentrate on everything yeah sorry i was i was looking at the trying to find that thing you had sent uh pull it back up sorry i lost it but no no trouble yeah yeah, that's cool. I think like we were kind of already in the basically the thing you one of the ideas you sent was the storytelling aspect, like just talking about storytelling and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I think we're kind of already in that. But that's really interesting though. I don't know. That's a lot of fun. It's fun like just getting to learn, like you said, just discover the characters. Do so. What are your um side characters? Are they do you? So it's so the the thing with the side characters at first I was just like, well, I want to do um these characters that I think would be fun to draw or have in a good thing. So, so one of the main ones is sort of the, there will be um, in each individual story, there will be sort of a story antagonist who is going to be the person that is causing the trouble in whatever town they're in that they have to figure out how to stop. But then there's also going to be the uh, essentially like the U S marshal that's after them. um, Okay. uh, And that's going to arrest them. And so my, my, Uh, so he's, he's going to be sort of a main character. And then I've got, um, a couple others. I have one that I'm like, I, well, how do, you know, it's fantasy. I can play with some kind of like magic-y element. Like I don't really want like wizards shooting, you know, laser staffs, but I was like, well, what if there are people like, so I had an idea for one type of character who's called Avenger. And basically it's somebody that you can hire if you if you feel like justice has not been done, you can petition to hire this particular person to come in and 
like wreak vengeance on your behalf. And their motto is you can't buy justice, but you can buy vengeance. <laughs> and I was like, well, how would you like train somebody to be good enough to like, just take out whoever had wronged you or something. Um, so basically there are these assassins. And I thought, well, what if like they do everything or they, their, their bodies process everything at double speed. So if I'm like, if I'm fighting you, and my mind is working twice as fast as yours and my perception is working twice as fast as yours. It doesn't really matter how, I mean, ideally I'm going to be, you know, trained as a fighter or something, but that alone gives you such an edge to be able to block things or move things or stuff like that. And so that, that's my thought is that they could do this twice as fast, but they do everything twice as fast. Their, their, their metabolism is twice as fast. They have to sleep twice as much and they die twice as soon. And so like you, you take these potions to do this or something when you're like 20. And so by the time you're 30, you're really 40. And then by the time you're 40, you're really 60 or whatever. And so, um, wow, that's a so, great idea. That's fun. So I was like, so, so, uh, one of those would be one of the characters. I, something that was kind of fun that I hadn't thought about. Um, there's a, there's a writer that I like uh, that I've been reading lately named Sebastian de Castell. He's a Canadian guy. Um, and I, I asked for some recommendations. I was like, what books have some good sword fights in them? And somebody recommended his series, the great coats, which is kind of musketeery. Um, and I really enjoyed them. And so I, I got on YouTube and was looking for interviews with him. And he was talking about um, some of the music that he, that he writes the music a lot um, and that he finds like scenes based on particular songs. And I was like, well, I, I write to music a lot. Like I'll, I tend to immerse myself in like the genre that I'm working in. So if I'm listening, so if I'm doing like a Western, I'm only listening to like Western movie scores. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his thing was like, uh, he was like, uh, you know, well, what, like what type of song were you working on for um uh for this particular thing or that particular thing and um he was like well for this character i was listening to to uh cobra style by uh by the teddy bears and i was like oh that's like very that's not at all like what i was thinking and so i was like <laughs> well, what what kind of um uh music might go with these things so i just like put a list of songs that i like and songs that feel kind of narrative to me and i was like in playing some of these songs they helped me find the character more so i have this one character uh called the gate knight who's just this um guy who loves life and he loves being a knight and he loves fighting and he loves uh going to tournaments and things like that but um but uh I was listening to um, uh, I would walk 500 miles by the proclaimers. And I was like, this is that guy's That's song. Funny. And it's, um, that, and, yeah, it's and funny. in listening to it, I like pictured his morning, like how he gets up and he like, he gets up and he's like, you know, walking through his hallway naked and his like servants are running, throwing like a robe over him and feeding him <laughs> bacon and things like that. And like, while he's still in his pajamas, like somebody throws him a, like a wooden sword and like these five guys, like in heavily, like, pillow padding like run up to fight him and he like fights him off on the way to breakfast <laughs> just his practice and he gets down and he has like a big plate of things and they're bringing him you know just like uh a jug of wine and a thing full of eggs and things like that and he's just eating and, <laughs> happy and, and i just i like the idea of this and it, it just helped me shape this character 
in my head, like based on this. Um, That's and cool. then, you know, and there's another song that I was listening to that I was like, this one kind of feels like that, that cop that's chasing them. Uh, and then there's a part in the song where it gets kind of like weird and discordant. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's him. And he's not completely right. Like he's got some rage issues that are like boiled down and they're going to come up in unexpected moments. Wow. And like, and so, so like finding different things and pulling from different areas can be really helpful for that. And that's, that's something that I haven't really done very much. Um, and that I think is going to give a richness to the characters that I, I tend to default to like archetypes. I'm like, well, if this guy is yeah. the old miner, he's the old miner. Like that's yeah. the character that he is. I like, like that though. But, yeah. But, but the ones that I respond to are the ones that have a, like some kind of, um, you know, something about them that's, that's really specific and that's, that's fresh. And so like the old miner makes me think there's a, there's an author that I really like uh, named Manly Wade Wellman. Um, and he, he actually lived just uh, on the, the like where Cock County meets North Carolina. Okay. Um, like if you turn right out of the, uh, off of old 15th instead of left towards Del Rio uh-huh. uh, or uh, off of uh, at the post office, if you turn right at okay. the post office yeah, yeah. and drive for like 10 miles, you get to where he used to live. Um, but he wrote these, um, horror stories that are kind of like the X-Files. He started writing in the twenties and kept going until the seventies. Um, and they're, but, but the thing that I love about them, they all take place there. They're all like, like, uh, right in those mountains. But, um, but the thing that like cracks me up is like everybody in them is hyper-educated. And so (laughs) it's like, Hey, Hey, Cletus, come away from your moonshine jug and come over here. And he's like, all right, what y'all need? And he's like, hey, you, uh, we need your help. You studied uh, ancient Sumerian at Case Western. And he's <laughs> like, I sure did. I did my doctorate in it. And it's like, and all the characters are like that. So, so that, you know, like the, the go to the expert scenes is basically just whoever is around. That's and, great. I really, and I love that. And like, but it's, it's these sort of unexpected things that I think can add a lot of richness to the story. And so trying to find that in my own characters is, uh, sometimes a struggle for me. And, and yeah. so when I can find it, I'm always really happy because yeah. you don't want it to feel contrived. You don't want it to feel like you're making them quirky for the sake of quirky. You want it to feel like whatever they are. It's a, it's a natural part of them, but figuring out what that natural part is. So that's when we, you know, we lean a lot on people that we know and things like that. And, or, you know, people we've heard about or, you know, aspects of ourselves that we don't necessarily put front and center, but it's still, it's stuff that I think hopefully enriches the story a little bit. That's really cool. That's a really cool idea. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about all this for a while. That's great. You mentioned, here's one too. I was actually talking to a friend of mine a while back. Um, You mentioned the, the old miner kind of like mm-hmm. this archetype character he had brought up something about an astronomer have you ever tried like pairing those two together or anything like that because one's because one well, we were talking about it and i was like one's like searching the heavens and the other one's like searching the earth and it's kind oh, of this weird that's real good that's a that's a really good thing or actually it, i i would like to see that be the same character like a uh potential like that's the hobby is like you know going down and going up or something although i think yeah. what you're talking about is pairing them up also really works but yeah well use it take it that, steal that's it. really good <laughs> i don't know the thing like i'm so bored by astronomy 
<laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people really dig it. It's like, it's never had any appeal to me. Like I, you know, yeah. I'm like, I, I the moon's kind of neat. No, I That's let's as see. Far as I go. I love looking at the stars, but studying them. I'm like, like, I've never really got into that, but yeah, that was kind of my thing too. Cause I'm more drawn to the minor for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. And like, 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 oh, I like a little goblin that, yeah. Burrows underneath or something. I'm like that, that yeah. interests me more for some reason, but I, yeah. But then, cause I think the friend I was talking to, he, he was trying to find characters like inside himself. I basically like different emotions and see like, Oh, that's kind of like this character, this character. Yeah. And, and I think he said one of them was an astronomer. And I was like, I don't know if I have that one. I might have a minor though, but I don't know. I, I like that idea of the astronomer and the, like, I, you know, I, I do really like that. And I like that as like, um, they, they feel kind of like, like, I, I mean, modern versions of like Greek pantheon type of things, you know, it's like the minor, the astronomer, you know, or something <laughs> yeah. or like tarot yeah. card people or something. It seems like they signify yeah. something. It's like, yeah. you know, like the astronomers is, is, you know, seeking out. But again, I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, ah, that astronomer's got his head in the clouds. Get down in the mine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, a, what's that called? Like Gnosticism or something when people are just like up the heavenly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just That's like, really neat. I, I like that. I like that, that dichotomy. I haven't. Yeah. I don't know if there's more of them. I'd like to try to think of more. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about. I don't know. Mm -hmm. to, yeah. But, um, I was going to ask you about the one. I don't know. Do you have to go soon? Probably no, like good. 30 minutes. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, uh, I did want to, before you had to leave, I was going to ask you about the drawing. Cause you said you put on here, like drawing biblical and historical things. Um, yeah. Well, you would, you would, you had said, do you want to do the, the podcast? And I was like, well, what would yeah. you talk about? I mean, or, or what, yeah. let me rephrase. What would we talk about that would be of any interest to anybody else? Um, yeah. Rather than like, oh man, you know that the, the bridge washed out again. We got to figure out what to do. Like, oh, like, yeah, like that, yeah, that, the that, that's pretty us specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I do have some ideas, I want to run by Jessica to see how sound they are for for bridge putting a bridge back. Yeah, in that the in that the, spot. The, yeah, where <laughs> the bridge is always gone. Where the yeah. bridge is always gone. Because yeah, is it a hanging uh, bridge? Is that what you're thinking? I, I'm thinking a hanging bridge, but I'm thinking like absurdly high the hanging bridge. <laughs> that so sounds fun. No way that it's getting torn out. Again, yeah. not not a conversation for this podcast, <laughs> and I apologize. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I, I was thinking, you know, both of us draw uh, biblical characters, and I thought it might be. Uh, I, I was kind of curious because I, I have thoughts as to how I approach it. Um, I was thinking like how because I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Like um, how do you approach things that you know have been drawn or painted a thousand times before and make them yours? Oh, or do you me? worry about that? Um, do you, do you have the ego that I have where you're like, Oh, this one's got to be mine. You know? I No, I don't know. It's weird. I like, um, I, I don't know because the one I, I did remember I did one the first one that came to mind when you asked that question was the um I did one of the chair the chair beam or chair cherubim mm -hmm. thing and mine was kind of like this mythological looking creature or something but I don't think I had really seen a lot of pictures of it before so I was mm -hmm. just drawing from like the description it gives in the, the book of Ezekiel yeah. it has like calves feet and all this stuff and it's uh the four faces but then I see pictures of it and it's like this circle with a bunch of eyes and like these, these wings, like, and I was like, that's nothing like I'm thinking of, but I think it's because yeah. they're, I, yeah, I don't know. 
so that one i don't think it was um yeah i don't think i really had to go up against like a, a image i already had in my head um yeah i i don't know i kind of actually mm -hmm. there's one i there's one i got i, well, some, show you. I mean i i like a lot of your drawings a lot but thanks um there was one I was going to show you. I actually didn't put it in there because I, I drew it and I was like, this seems like pretty sacrilegious, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Can you hold on one second? I'll just go find it. It should be right yeah. here. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, Sorry about that. So this one, I drew this because I was like thinking about the ascension and I was like, I always just think about it very materialistically, you know? And then mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to draw it how, how I would like kind of mocking my own like preconceived idea of it. And so I don't know if you can see that, <laughs> but then I there didn't want to, there's the thing, there's nothing wrong with it. But then I didn't want to, like, I was like, after I drew it, I was like, well, it kind of offends me a little bit. And it's like, Jesus just, <laughs> and I don't know That's, why. That, okay, first off, that that makes me very happy that you've offended yourself with a drawing. Like, I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, but then, so I didn't really want to put it in because I was like, there's something. But then I thought about it more and I'm like, you know, if I just did this and just covered up the balloons, that's exactly what it looks like to me. Like, yeah. in my mind. Like, I don't know how else to picture it. And I still don't because I'm like, you know, I, I believe in the physical well, here's resurrection. The thing. If you replace those balloons with like tiny baby angels, like you've just got a Renaissance painting. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's true. That's true. But like, but but yeah. you, you've got a lot of decision making in, in these that I really love, like the Asahel. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, yeah, I never know either. Yeah. But where it's, you know, he was fleet his foot like a wild gazelle. Like, he, he, like you leaned into the gazelle motif. Like, his his helmet has antlers on it. You know, he's got these different things. He's real lean. Like, there's some, like, really cool... Like, I I love for my, my uh, Bible art that I see or that I draw to be out of the box because I feel like one of the things that you know, there, there are different ways that different people approach stuff. But like, for me, the thing that makes Bible narratives, as opposed to the lessons or things like that, but just like, you know, going into the, the stories themselves, the thing that gets me paying attention is when something runs counter to my expectations. And I've got a lot of expectations because, you know, we would all watch the TNT you know, Abraham movie when we were kids or the VeggieTales versions or, you know, uh, Charlton Heston, 10 commandments or something yeah. like that. And so there's, there's, and you know, you have the picture Bible and the comic Bible and all the different, you know, Bibles with images in them. And a lot of the stuff, you know, tends to have a familiarity to it. And that's not to say that it's not accurate you know like i think one of the, the one of the interesting things about the the heston ten commandments is that uh cecil b demille spent so much money financing like egyptian research to get the backgrounds right um that essentially like he he pushed the field of egyptology ahead by like 10 years um whoa uh, which is really neat. Also, uh, kind of interestingly, all the, the Ten Commandments that are in front of courthouses were promotional things for the Ten Commandments movie. 
really? that Cecil right. B. DeMille was involved with the Eagles Lodge and he teamed up with them to do all these these Ten Commandments statues in front of courthouses. So that those a lot of times, like everybody's like, they've been there since the beginning. We're like, no, they, they got there during the 60s when they were promoting the Ten Commandments. Um which is which is really funny to me that it's a thing which i only found out about that because i was reading uh a book about book plate collections and it had cecil b demills and it had an eagle and it was like this is signifies this connection with the eagles lodge which helped them do the ten commandments in front of courthouses in promotion for the movie um but anyway uh beside the point like so, so the costumes and everything like that in those are very accurate but that doesn't mean they're the only version of that and anytime i see something that that is weird to it like a a good example is the did you see the noah movie that came out yes yes i like that yeah i I actually like it okay good thank god i hate the Noah. oh i thought it was great i've watched it at least like twice at least and i was like this is amazing it's like as a movie it's kind of a mess however as a bible movie i think it's amazing yeah. because like the the pre once you get to abraham things kind of normalize from a historical standpoint but pre-abraham yeah. is bonkers it's yeah. just bonkers there's and giants I love that all that sorts movie of stuff. just leaned into that bonkersness uh-huh. and it's like look this is a period clearly prehistory it's we treat it the same way we would treat you know um like a hercules movie or uh you know whatever yeah, movie like a myth yeah. yeah yeah and i and i really liked that and so i did anytime, too anytime i can do that kind of thing especially with you know depictions of uh i i don't know just any of it i get yeah. i get really excited yeah and i thought yeah that movie i thought it was great they they like uh, have you ever read the book of enoch yeah yeah, they, I feel like they took a little bit from that. I see the thing yeah. is like I think people got upset about it, but I think they actually did a lot of research on. I think I think it pl- fit pretty well with it. Like I think yeah, I, I, do. I don't know why people got upset. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think guess, people got upset because it wasn't what they were expecting. Well, yeah, um, yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't like the whole Mickey Rourke uh, sneaking on the boat or something. But I was like, I was, still liked it. I was, I, mean, little, I thought was it was weird. Fun. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. Weird. Um, Dude, okay. The weird thing though is like, um, so if he's supposed to be. I don't know if this might be like, I have no idea if this has anything to do with it or not. I bought this weird book off Amazon. It was just kind of a, a, like a gamble. I'd never heard of it before. And it said old Jewish fairy tales. And so I read like the first one and you know, um, it's Og the giant. That's like Mm -hmm. later on in that Moses ends up killing. Yeah. So he basically hitches a ride on the ark and he rides a unicorn and catches a ride to like survive the flood. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if maybe like they were like, Oh, there was a guy who, who hitched a ride on the ark. So we can do this with Mickey Rourke's character. I don't know. Like maybe who knows if it's just some common, like, story they tried to tie in but i i'm unfamiliar with that one but i (laughs) I was like there's so i i i i really like i mean like a lot of the apocrypha stuff is exists because you know the same way that like the mandalorian exists it exists because people were like i really like star wars i want more star wars you know everybody's yeah. like i really want jesus i want more jesus and they're like that's all the jesus we got and they're like no no give me more and they're like yeah. oh when he was a kid he did this and and <laughs> um yeah and and so i feel like i feel like a lot of it sort of either is you know uh just providing demand for additional religious narrative or there's also the shadier side of it, which I also really love, which is trying to establish the provenance of relics 
um, that would exist. And so they'd be like, well, here's the hat that Jesus wore to his big party. And they're like, what big party? And they're like, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Here's the story of Jesus's big party. And then you get the story of Jesus's big party, which I feel like exists almost solely to sell this hat. And there's a few there's a few things like that where it's like, oh, okay, well, this is where that story comes from. But like uh, Christmas especially is rife with them because yeah. um, uh, and a lot of, you know, and, and some of them like come into play with, you know, like we've all sort of accepted now that the Magi are kings despite them not being kings yeah they were like um, astrologers right yeah they're just yeah. they're just magi they're wizards that's where we get the word magic they're just the they're, wizards. They're, it's the same thing <laughs> they're magicians. so you they're, should I, draw you should draw that nativity scene and have wizards so there <laughs> i'm i'm actually one of the things i've been working on for a while and i'm i'm looking to it's not something i can do but if i if i can be involved with it i would like to but i've i've got a uh uh uh, uh, Christmas animated thing that I'm I'm wanting to do called Magi, which is basically that. It's just like that's fun. It's 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 three wise men and a baby. Like the 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 the, the Holy Family is fleeing to uh, three wise fleeing, men fleeing to Egypt. They get separated from baby Jesus, and the three the three Magi have that's to do great. it, and the that's uh, great. Have, to, have to get him back to his family at, while the oh. Herod's people are trying to catch him and stuff like that. Speaking of um, the Another one you could maybe draw from on that. Natalie pointed this out to me actually, is she said that ice age is basically the same thing as three men and a baby. And I was like, <laughs> I never noticed that before, but it is. Yeah. So you can maybe watch that and get some ideas from that too. There you the, go. <laughs> three wise, yeah, men, there's a few. Baby three wise men and a baby. It that's writes great. itself. You're yeah, that's great. Um, but I, but I feel like, but you know, when I say magic, like I, I think it would be, you know, like, um, it would be like ninja magic. It's like throwing powders down and disappearing type. Of okay. Stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, but I think, I think you could have a lot of like good fun sequences like that. Like you have Casper as your, your old comic relief guy. You've got Melchior as your like super competent, like middle-aged wizard who knows everything. And then Balthazar is your point of view character. He's the younger guy. He's, he's real bad at all his things, you know, like he'll throw a powder <laughs> down and he'll turn his camel into a mouse accidentally and, you know, things like that. Um, but Wait, I so what did you I, say their names were again? Oh, uh, Balthazar, Melchior, and Casper are the traditional ones. Okay. So there's, there's a few huh. different ones, but those are the ones that have kind of captured. And so the, the reason that we tend to go with the three and the reason they're the three where they are is that there's a, a verse that um, like a prophetic verse that's like, and all, and Kings of all the nations shall bow down to him and no Kings bow down to Jesus. So everybody's like, uh, 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 we need some Kings bowing down to Jesus. And so they're like, uh, the wise men were Kings. And that's where we get the wise men. Oh, were kings, okay. Um, is trying to, to align some of the, the prophetic old Testament verses with Jesus's life. Um, okay. And so it's a little <laughs> bit more of a stretch. And so, well, all, they're clearly not from all nations. So let's make one of them from each of the continents that we know of at the time. So and that's why they're all Balthazar different. Like is Africa. Uh, okay. Um, I see. Uh, Melchior is uh, Europe. And then um, Casper is Asia. So he's like supposed to be from Turkey. <laughs> Melchior okay. is supposed to be from like, I don't know. 
Croatia or something, uh, yeah. that, that sort of thing. So, um, and they, they represent, uh, historically, they represent the three different stages of life. And so Balthazar is the young one, uh, Cat, Melchior is the middle-aged one, and then Casper is the elderly one. So like, basically like in microcosm, they are all of the world and all of mankind visiting Jesus in as little um, huh. avatars of humanity. Wow, I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. Which is pretty neat. And then there, yeah. but there, there are other versions, and there's some versions where it's like, well, there are seven wise men, or there are twelve wise men, or there are four wise men. Oh like yeah, different yeah. different cultures have their different takes on huh. who the wise men are and what they what they were. But I, I like the I like the three. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to ask you the same question though that you asked me, going back backtracking quite a ways now. Yep. But how do you when you draw uh, biblical stuff? How do you do you try to get it like come up with your own context or do you pull do, from other way? The, 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 the uh, part of it is thinking about character and thinking about, well, how do I make each of these guys different? What makes Joshua different from Nimrod? What, you know, and like, and like, not just in terms of like what they're wearing, but also like, what, what do I think about these guys? Like, is one of them uh, like squirrely is one of them, uh like real is one of them like sort of a dumb jock is one of you know like and kind of lean not not yeah. necessarily that's who they are but like think about like what what do i want to convey with this and making sure that their shapes are different um, i remember you telling me that before the shapes that helped yeah, a lot yeah the the shapes make a make a make a big part of it like like differing body types that's yeah. something that i was dealing with with outlaws apprentice is that i realized that that some of my characters looked way too similar, especially my lady characters. Like I had two different lady sword fighters and they had the exact same body type um, essentially. And I was like, well, how do I change this? And so what I did and what I usually do um, is I'll go in with like a chunky black marker and I'll just make just the, the most basic shape silhouettes, like not even trying to make human looking shapes but just shapes like this shape looks like a comma. This shape looks like a square. This is a circle. This, this looks like a, a bowling pin and doing it that way. And just keeping reworking the ones that are too similar helps me to find things. And so I found like for, for one of the lady sword fighter characters, these two kind of like peaked roof things that I was able to incorporate into her design by having her wear, um, this like armored skirt that okay. kind of, um, flips out at the bottom and these shoulder pads that kind of, it's, it's like a mantle as opposed to shoulder pads. It's like drapes over her whole yeah. neck and shoulders and then also kind of peeks out. And it's a lot more subtle in the final version than it is in the, the really stylized I see. Uh, silhouette, but it still, it helps. And so when I'm thinking about, um, like Bible characters, I think, well, what other character is kind of similar to this one and how do I make them look very different? Um, yeah. And so like, if I were doing David and Jonathan, how would I, and I've got to do David and Jonathan soon. So I'm like, how do I make That's them cool. look different? So I'm like, I feel like um, we have a tendency with King characters to make them kind of big and broad, you know, like, like modern day Disney dads. Um, you yeah. know, there, there was a time where all the Disney dads were basically just like potatoes. Um, <laughs> and now they're all like these strapping dudes. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I think, you know, like probably 
I'd make Jonathan real slender and David would probably be like real low to the ground and broad. But I'm like, but then how do I contrast that with Saul? Like what would Saul be like? Like he can't be low to the ground and broad if David is. So like, what do I make Saul look like? Is Saul um, like he was a farmer before he was a soldier guy. So like, do I lean into like, uh, like depression era farmer build? Like, is he real lean and creaky? Like now, now I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, does he look like Jack Palance? Like, <laughs> is he, uh, you know, like, so, so I kind of like a lot of it is, is less figuring out what they look like on their own and more thinking about the context of the other characters, because that thinking about, well, what makes them different mm-hmm. forces me to think about, well, now I know what that difference is. How do I exaggerate that? How do I play that up? How do I make that reflected not only in his body type or her body type, but also in the clothes that they're wearing in the, the, the body language, things like that. And so it all kind of starts to, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of different things that are running through my head at any given point. Yeah. Um, plus when there are descriptions, you know, sometimes there's, you know, just, straight up descriptions in there, you know, like he's fleet of foot, like a gazelle. I'm like, well, okay. So, you know, we know he's real fast. Is he, is he lean? Does he look like an Ethiopian runner? Like what's his, what's his body type? Like, um, and I think, I feel like you get that across really well. (laughs) Cause I drew antlers on him. (laughs) Um, but I think that that's a big factor. And then also I really like looking at, um, archeology span stuff and thing. And, you know, Bible people tend to be pretty minimal on armor, um, which is fair. They probably would be, but I'm like, man, like, I'm like, well, you know, for, for Saul, for example, like what in that general region, which I mean, granted, like they're in a very small and specific geographic locale, but there's a lot of cultures around that immediate thing. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm like looking at like Babylonian stuff and things like that. What is the most ridiculous armor that somebody could in theory be wearing at this point? Because like, you know, when, when David's like, Oh, the armor is too heavy for me. Like chances are the armor is like a, you know, a breastplate and maybe a helmet. Like there's not that much. So like, how do you make that armor too heavy? Like, what do you add to Saul's yeah. armor to make it ridiculous to give it to a kid? Yeah. Um, and also yeah. at that point, you're like, well, Saul's got to be big enough that this armor has to be big when it is on teenage David. Um, mm-hmm. So like, so that also now starts to influence my, well, what does Saul look like? Is Saul like, did, did Samuel pick him because he's like, this is the dude that like nobody else is going to beat up ergo. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it sounds in the story. It's like, oh, this yeah. guy's head, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else he's a big guy yeah. Like, yeah. yeah yeah so so i'm like so so now my my stall starts to be pretty big but he can't be too big because then you got goliath so it's like yeah that's true so there's although all, goliath there's was a giant things. though if you want to pull in more of the myth thing although that might make oh. people mad but you could pull yeah. in and just go all out with it and make him well, a giant. You, yeah do you do do you do goliath as like straight up like jack and the beanstalk giant like is he <laughs> enormous is he just a slightly big dude i mean it's um, weird because that when it talks about goliath's brothers later on and like i think it's the end of samuel or something and one of them has like 24 digits because he's got six fingers on each hand and stuff 
It's like they're they're weird looking. I don't know. You can lean into it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fun. And I mean, and again, you know, like some so much of it is interpretation. Like, is you know, yes, Goliath is one dude. Could you interpret him as being, you know, like a, a Voltron of Philistines, like one guy on another guy's shoulders, and then they're standing on two other guys, and they've all got swords. Like, you couldn't, but you could. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. Oh, no, I think it like might have ways to, to do that that can be fun. And the thing is, if there is what? Oh, sorry, I think oh, I it just froze up there, for a second. Oh, sorry. If there is any weirdness, that's what I want to jump on. Like, okay, yeah. We, we did a we did a, a Genesis thing in my Sunday school that was oh, wow. supposed to be a six week course, and it ended up taking us like two years. Um, <laughs> uh, because like every single verse, we're like, hold on, we've got to unpack this, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. That sounds so much fun. Um, and so, and I feel like that that's the kind of stuff that I get really excited about is you read something and if you're paying attention, you're like, wait, 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 what? Like, yeah. that what is what I want to draw? Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I, that's, that's why I love reading the Bible. I just read it over and over because the whole Bible is like that, especially Genesis. And then even in Exodus too, there's so much stuff in there where you're like, if, yeah, if you actually read it and just pause for a second, you're like, what the heck is this? What's going on there's here? A, there's a lot yeah. of questions that I have. Yeah, I won't. Not, not, like uh, some of them are more adult leaning, so I won't bring it up. Yeah. On thing. <laughs> but like, but but there are a few where I'm like, wait. Yeah. Uh, what? Like, th- there are a lot of things where it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you learn like, uh, there's plenty of scholarship as to what this is and what it is that we're talking about. But yeah. We have not talked about this. Like, let's get into that. <laughs> Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, we were like debating like whether or not the arc had a roof. Like we were, you know, like we were all. The arc had, oh, really? Does it? Does, um, I, I think it, it says. I, I think remember, it says there, somewhere where like he take or it takes off the covering or something yeah, at some point. Yeah. Covering. We're like, what does that? What does that mean? Like, so we were, <laughs> we were like, what are like ten different ways of drawing this arc where we're not technically wrong according to the body? You know, stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's. But it's fun. But I'm like, I want that weird. So I'm like, is the art just a cube? Is it actually a boat, or is it just a box that he expects to float? You know, like, <laughs> like we always see it drawn as a I boat. Would, I'm like, I he's I'm been like, alive for 600 years. He could probably come up with something better than a box. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, you know, who knows? It's, yeah. <laughs> he's just. That's funny. Yeah. Is it round? It, it could be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a hamster ball. Circumference? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's so that, that kind of stuff is fun for me. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I love I love I would I would have loved to be there for two years <laughs> going into it. Seriously, Genesis is just even the first the first three chapters, that's where every time I try to read through I start through Genesis, I'll I could spend like an hour. Just looking at the yeah. first three chapters, just like what the heck is going on? And that's yeah. and that's the kind of stuff that I love. And I, and you know and it 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 um and I'm I'm lucky in that I have I have a lot of friends. It it you know de- depending on you know who who your group is, some people are going to feel more comfortable about that than others. And so yeah. you know like we've um the the denomination where I am like we've got a lot of former Baptists um, because Baptist church, the local Baptist church split over something about 20 years ago. And a lot of them came over to our church and the disciples of Christ. People are a lot more comfortable uh, 
like delving into the weird specifics than some of the former Baptists. Yeah. Um, I think just cultural, like, you know, I think part of it is just how, you know, how you were raised to respond to the Bible. Like, is yeah. it like, I, and part of it is, is biblical inerrancy. It's, you know, whether or not it's, is this the, like, I, I take the shape that it is the word of God is interpreted by man to the best of man's ability. Um, and, uh, you know, I know some folks who are like, no, this is straight up word of God, like breathed onto the page. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's a, um, yeah. and I think that that takes a lot to it. And so you'll, so the people who are like, well, this, yeah. If, if you start to question things, like if you're spending a half hour debating a verse as to like what it, like, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly can, what you it mean. Can be, it can be stressful for some people. Yeah, yeah. And and it seems that, rightly so in a way that is not intended, but it's... Yeah, because yeah. some people, like, you just read it and you get, you just get caught up in the story and you love the story. But then some people, like, I understand why it's very... Um, I think it's the, somewhat the way people think, too, because some people think very, very mathematically or something, mm-hmm. and it's, like, very particular. And then if you try to remove any of that or be like hey well let's look at it from this angle like just things get unstable and so it's like yeah and then they yeah and so it is it's understandable because it's panicky it's like no it has to be this way because that's otherwise my world's gonna crumble sort of thing yeah yeah. and i think and and that's and that's a fact and i think that is and that's not to to say that the folks who have that that point of view like have less faith like it's not it's just as it's not to say that that questioning at all means that you have less faith. It's yeah. Different ways of approaching. Yeah. 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 I, it's, it, it's it, you're coming from it from different places. Yeah. Yeah. The more I, I personally, like when I first started reading the Bible, I was definitely more hard line. I think because of that, maybe the way I'd been raised to, but then the more I stay in the Bible, the more you read it, it kind of just breaks down your categories and your preconceived ideas. And yeah. you have to stop and be like, wait, so I'm not, this is not what I've always thought it was and stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But yeah, that, but it's, that, that makes but it that fun. Is, but that's what keeps it interesting and fun. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, all, you know, like I'm constantly, you know, you can reread something that you've read a hundred times and find a different thing in it each yeah. time. But I, yeah. I tend to, uh, but I'm like, but then, but you know, but then that 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 reinterpretation becomes a thing. Like I won't say the Pledge of Allegiance because of you know Jesus's admonition against public oaths. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like there's there's different th- like where I'll read things. And I'm like this this is now how I interpret this, and this is affecting my day to day life. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's and you know sometimes it's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Dang. So do you have, um, like your, are you, your Jonathan and David thing? Are you going to start doing stories or, like this Bible stories or is it just a, you're just drawing the no, characters it would just for be, commission? It would just be the figures. Like okay. I just, I'd just be making them and then making it to where people can, yeah. you know, cut them out and play with them or use them in Sunday school. Or oh, school okay. Or That's like fun. But well, one of my, one of my, um, categories in that Patreon thing is, is scripture care, Old Testament scripture characters. That's fun. Um, and I had a few people that picked that. And so I'm like, hooray, I get to, I get to do that. And so I'm like, well, what's, what they pick? I want to start with, like, I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I got to start with like, uh, Samuel and, and Kings. Cause that's like, that's my favorite stuff. Like that's the, the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also I really like fighting and that's where yeah. most of the fighting is. So 
and the ghost that I, I love that when I finally did that drawing and you were like, there is a, you're, you've like commented on it or something. The ghost Samuel thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Christians don't believe in ghosts, but there's a ghost, right? I know there's a ghost. It's a story. It doesn't say, yeah. My, uh, yeah. There's a, that, that's, that's the thing where I, you know, there was a, there was that move in the seventies. Cause I think that's a relatively new interpretation. Okay. Um, that ghosts are just evil spirits or something. Okay. And I think, I think it's, I think that's like 1970s onwards, <laughs> but, but I'm like, but I'm like, no, like Samuel, there, yeah. there's that, like Samuel's definitely a ghost. And then also <laughs> there's the scene where they go to Jesus and they're like, ah, it's Jesus. He's a ghost. And he's like, guys, guys, I'm not a ghost. Yeah. You can touch me. Yeah. And what yeah, yeah. that means to me is that Jesus knows there are ghosts and that you can't touch them. And that's his proof. He doesn't say there are no ghosts. He says, yeah. no, no, look, touch me. I'm not a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. That whole, that yeah. whole part too. Yeah. That could use, cause doesn't he like appear in the middle of them too? He does yeah. like, and they're like freak out. And then he's like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's just I'm like, how did he just <laughs> appear? Yeah. It's anyway, crazy. I, I, I like all that kind of stuff. Like it's me it's, too. Yeah. It's really I remember funny. you told me one time, a long time ago, uh, this was a while back to, I can't remember what we were talking about. And you, you, said there was a sorceress's battle in the book of acts and then you read it and it's like it says source like they're sorcerers yeah yeah and, it's uh, just it's is it so, peter it's like the wizard battle from lord of the rings yeah 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 it really but never, is but you never look at it through that lens because it's all yeah it's, i think it's know, a, because like, we see it through sunday school but i'm like you could play like if you were <laughs> dramatizing that like it could be crazy yeah because i think is it paul it's either paul or peter and the sorceress comes and does something and he basically like calls down some black cloud on him i think and like yeah and i like, just picture them like you know waving their hands around and zapping each other and like it'll be great but yeah. but you don't but yeah you never see it uh, like that'd be fun and, that's, and i think that's the fun thing is that we get we get sort of a, a kind of like a, so much of the time like a homogenized mm-hmm. view of things and i think that part of the the you know for lack of a better word the fun of the these these stories is that you can interpret them different ways and i i i i really do love um when you can be not technically wrong and go bonkers like um because i think that you know like as long like there are things in the text that as long as you're not like you know it doesn't say he wasn't blue you know like uh, that that kind of thing yeah like that, that's the kind of stuff that i get <laughs> pumped about yeah 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 that's fun yeah well that's well, cool I so you probably yeah okay do you could you this evening if i yeah um if you i was gonna ask one more thing before you go since i have this video also i might upload it to youtube if that's okay with you yeah that's fine um do you have anything like you want to show though on the camera like any biblical characters you've drawn or just anything you're working on or like well what do i what do i you don't don't have to sorry Um, i dropped that on you just so like people can um i well i've got the the outlaws apprentice page right here like one of my sample oh, pages sweet. so nice. this is um uh one of the pages so these are the uh if i can get my finger up here uh these are the the characters you've got um the the kid's name is bill and the mercenary's name is Erska. Um, that's so cool and they'll be like wandering through the woods and yeah into sword fights um, nice that's cool Fun. but i also wanted to i also want to do a thing where like you know 
there will be like sword fight lessons and she'll be given it because I'm like that kind of stuff is really fun for me and I'm yeah like, that's cool uh, it's gonna be pumped so um so I'll be starting that and I, I'm gonna do a rough draft uh, of it with sort of loose pencils um, all the way through before tightening things up and then once that's done I'll go through and start doing the final art and I'm planning on serializing this online and doing you know like I don't know, like 10 pages a week or something like that. Okay. Um, and cool. posting them up. And then as I get near the end, I'll put together a physical book and make that available for sale. Okay, cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing this, Chris. I'll, My pleasure, if Jason. You want... It's really good. It's good to see your face. Yeah, it is. We I need to do this you. more often. This is a lot of fun. This yeah, is fun. And, I'm and learning a lot, too. we can too. get together up at the cabin sometime soon. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So. Um, oh, uh, speaking of which, did they get the, the well sunk yet? I don't think so. Yeah, I think they yeah, still haven't. Geez. As far as I know, they haven't. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's only been like two years. I, don't I know. know. Well, <laughs> you know, it's I, crazy. we're in the same boat. We're, we're looking to get something on the side of the house demoed, and it's been, you know, about a year. Dang, um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. All right. Have a good All one. Right. Say hi you to your too. family for me. Yeah, you too. Say hi to them. All right. See All you, right. Chris. Thanks, pal. Bye. Bye.